Welcome to the podcast, everyone. This is very unusual because I'm here by myself and I actually hate that, but um, you're also getting me in my element because it's Labor Day weekend and I hope you all had a good Labor Day. Um, I don't get ready on the weekends if I can do that. And this has been my vibe literally the entire weekend, a glass of something delicious and this fabulous look. So um, I posted a poll. Well, first, let me back up. I was actually thinking of doing this episode anyways. Um, it was already going to be an episode with Taylor and I originally, um, just whenever I felt ready. And I don't think you'll ever feel ready to talk about things that are challenging. Um, so I want to just say now that this is a huge trigger warning. Anyone that is uncomfortable with any type of sexual assault or conversations around that, I don't, and you're not ready to hear these kinds of conversations, I would recommend that you don't listen to this episode and you skip forward until you're ready to have that conversation. Um, So this episode has been one that's been weighing on me for a while where I need to get a layer of my story out to you guys because we share so much of our lives with everybody. Um, And I haven't actually given you guys the whole story about my sexual assault. And so that's what I'm going to talk about today. I'm actually dealing with a lot of stuff that ties into it right now. And so I felt like now would be a good time to basically just get it out there. Um, maybe it'll be therapeutic for me. Maybe it'll be therapeutic for somebody else. Someone else can hear my words and hopefully um, learn some of the things that I'm saying and help yourselves with that. Um, so yeah, that's basically where we're going to go which is so weird. And I'll probably be really uncomfortable and fidget a lot and yeah, fun stuff. So, um, definitely a different episode than we would normally have. Can't wait to record with Taylor because this is actually really weird. And I feel so gross that I like don't have makeup on and I look like a total bozo. So cheers to that. Also are pink shirts even a thing still? Cause I found this in my closet and I feel really happy to have it, but I did think I was maybe weird. Um, this will be a shorter episode. I'm basically just going to like boom, boom, bam, hit it and get it over with. And then yeah, probably crawl into a hole and feel very uncomfortable. Um, so like I was saying, this is just a layer to my story, um, about who I am in a nutshell. Um, we'd referenced it a couple of times on some episodes, but so some of you may know, and if you are a new listener, you won't know, but I was sexually assaulted when I was 17. Um, it was pretty weird to go through that. I would say I'm now in like pretty intense therapy and I'm dealing with a lot of stuff in my life that's tied to the trauma that that has brought into my life. And so I think that's why I'm ready to like, let's get this out so I can like be more open with you guys, but then, um, hopefully heal some parts of me myself. So I was 17. Um, my husband and I were dating at the time and it was the 4th of July which is my favorite holiday and now makes it like a challenging holiday, but I still love it. Um, which is, makes me feel kind of fucked up, but whatever. Um, so in Blanding where I grew up, um, there is a tournament, it's called midnight madness where you go and you play softball all night long. I was not playing that year, but I was there watching. Um, and so we were up all night long. Uh, I was, it was a summer after I graduated high school. So I just graduated high school. Um, I was getting ready to move out of town in like August and like life was just like a new beginning basically. So we go to midnight madness. I'm like up all night. I maybe get like 
I don't know. I don't even know if I had any hours of sleep, maybe two. Then you wake up, you go to the 4th of July parade, and then you do all the activities. Um, and then you hang out throughout the day and then you go to the fireworks and that's like your day. So I rallied all day long. Um, we went to the fireworks and Wally and I watched the fireworks together and then they were going to his friend's house, um, like his best friend's house, his parents had a house, like kind of out in the Canyon and they were going to go like have a fire and have some drinks. And like, I didn't really drink at the time, but kind of drink. It was just like a weird in between. Um, and I remember specifically being at the fireworks and the guy that ended up raping me came up to Wally. They were in the same military unit together. He was like his sergeant. Um, and he was like, hey, man, are you going to be there? Blah, 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 blah. He's like, yeah, for sure. And I just remember being like, I don't like this guy. Something's weird. So we end up going. I tell my grandma, I don't remember. I think maybe I said I was sleeping somewhere. I don't really remember. I gave her some excuse um, so that I could stay out later because I had a really, like, my curfew was, like, 10 o'clock. So, and the fireworks went till like, 10.30. So, I made an excuse that I was sleeping somewhere, and I planned to just spend the night with Wally. Wally and I had not had sex at that point. Um, he wasn't willing to do that because I was underage, and he he's like four years older than me. And then also like, I don't even think I was ready. Like the thought of it seemed fine, but like also not ready. So, um, we would like fool around, but like, that was about it. So we get to the party. I remember getting there. Some people had already been there and I have one drink. It's maybe two shots of vodka. If that, um, mixed with like lemonade or something strange, like I was just like tired, just there to like hang out with Wally. Um, I have, we go out to the fire we're just kind of hanging out there. I have that one drink. And this guy particularly like talks to me. And I remember him saying something like kind of douchey, but like smart assy. And I was just like, you don't even know who I am. Like, don't fuck with me. So I was like super smart assy back. And I can't remember what he had said. And then I like walked away and I was like, I don't even know you. Like, don't eat. Like, I don't know you, whatever. And I walked away. So I come back a little bit later and I had overheard him talking with Wally about like, have you fucked her? And he was like, no, we don't do that. And he was like, whatever. And so he grabbed the guy grabs me and he's like, you guys haven't had sex. And I was like, no, we haven't had sex. And I was like, also again, like, don't know you. And I just like left the conversation. Um, and I just remember thinking it was so weird. So night goes on it's not that late but while they're pretty tired we decide to go to bed we have like a bedroom in the back of the house and i specifically remember his friend saying to him make sure you lock the door and i was like that's weird but like whatever i don't want the door locked anyways there's a bunch of strangers here so we go and we're like making out and i think because i was so tired and i don't know if the combination of like that tiny drink did something now that i look back sometimes i think maybe i might have been date raped um I feel like I'm falling asleep basically while we're making out is what it felt like. And the next thing I remember is waking up and like more motion and like pulling around type stuff is happening and a little bit of like pain that like wakes me up. And then also like the time that I finally fully woke up was a flash and I opened my eyes. This guy is on top of me and his friend is taking pictures of me and the flash is what had woken me up. And so with that happening, I was kind of like, whoa, what is happening? Pushed him off of me, kind of curled up in a ball. They panic. They steal all his shoes and they like run out of there. And 
I just remember like Wally was still like not even awake during all of that. He had no idea what was going on. Um, and his friend comes running in. He's like, what happened? What's going on? And I'm just like crying. He takes me to the bathroom and I tell him what happened. Um, and it like turned into this like whole chaotic situation while I like woke up, had no idea what was going on. I also was like, what the fuck just happened? So I cry probably almost the whole night. I get home in the morning and I have a family reunion that next day. And I'm just like getting ready and wearing a giant sweater in the middle of summer and like shorts or something. I can't really remember. And I remember my aunt being like, why are you wearing a sweater? You're freaking crazy. And I was just like, I don't know. Now I look back and I'm like, oh, I was covering my body because I just went through something traumatic and I didn't know what was happening. So um, my sister ends up calling the cops because Wally's friend actually called her and told her what happened because I wasn't going to say anything. I was, I chose like, I don't know what the hell that was. Super uncomfortable. Don't want to face it. This never happened. I'm going to pretend it never happened. So she calls the cops and she comes and corners me at my grandma's house where I was raised getting ready. And she like locks the bathroom and she's like, I know what happened. He called me and I'm like, it's fine. We're not going to deal with it. Like nothing happened. Leave me alone. And she's like, well, I already called the cops and they're expecting you and you got to go down there. So I had to get a rape kit, which is pretty traumatizing to make sure they have to get samples. They took like parts of my clothes. Um, I had to have like this full examination, super weird stuff, pictures of my vagina, all the things. Um, I basically got kicked out of my grandma's house after that. She was pretty upset once she found out. Um, and I never really dealt with it. And so that's like the biggest part. Um, long story short, because <laughs> there's so much to it, but I never actually dealt with the situation. I think I had to go to therapy twice for it. I don't know how I had to, but I remember going and just not trusting the town. I quit my job because I worked with his sisters. Um I pretty much completely shut down. I had anxiety medicine that they had given me and I was still wearing like the sweats that they cut holes out of because they had sample on them. Um, like the weirdest things, like so many weird and sad things I was doing. I just had no idea. And I go to court at some point and nothing really happens to him. I think he had to spend a couple of days in jail. He got a fine. Um, being on stand and facing him was pretty traumatic. My counsel at the time, right before I had gone down, because I had moved away, I drove down to come to the hearing, right? And I had never really talked to him. He pulls me in right before we go in and he shows me a picture because they had the pictures. And he says, it looks like your arm was around him. Are you sure you didn't want this? And that to me was like one of the biggest things that I was like, what the fuck? Like, fuck all of you. I'm done. And I just kind of shut down at that point. Like I felt no safety, no support. My family was like, we just don't talk about this. Wally was like, we just don't talk about this. And it was weird. And so like, I think I've been the only one that's really talked about it a lot. Um, I tell people about it and I laugh, like kind of like a weird like laugh after I say it. Um, I've never been scared to tell people about it. Um, but I realized now through therapy, that's just me like not scared to own my truth. I laugh because it's uncomfortable and I don't know how to talk about it because no one ever talked about it with me. So that's the long, long, long story. Um, super shitty that it happened, but here's the point of why I wanted to have this podcast episode is I wish I would have gone to therapy sooner. And I wish I would have started to process what had happened to me a lot sooner because now I've realized I'm 32 now. It happened when I was 17. I have realized now, like, 
throughout that whole entire time period. I think I just really started working on this like a year ago. Um, I've realized that like I have opened myself up to different experiences or things that have made my life harder because I hadn't worked through the situation. Um, and that's like the biggest thing that I want to get across today is like the lessons I've learned, some like epiphanies I've had and just like, I don't know, just opening the conversation. So I'm gonna take a sip because I'm the only one talking and I feel fucking weird. Okay. So like I said, I realized, um, had I processed this sooner, my future self wouldn't have been impacted so much. And what I've noticed now is like my future and who I am today is a direct result of what has happened to me and what I chose not to do. So I chose not to really process it. I never, never really wanted to sit and talk to a therapist about it and like accept all of the ins and outs. Um, the biggest thing that happened is I read a book. I think her name's like Chanel Miller or something. And she was the girl. I'll look at, I'll link it for you guys. Um, super traumatic story, but it was the first time that I actually didn't feel alone. And I don't know what it was about that book. I just was ready at that time to actually deal with a situation that I've been running from. Um, and I read that book and I was like, wow, I am not alone. Like I'm not the only person that's been through this. She just wrote a whole entire book telling the exact story about how she's like, what the hell going through the experience. And I just finally felt heard. And that really opened up a lot of questions I'd had for myself that I'd forgotten about, um, the statements I wrote, the things that I went through and it gave me the awareness and like openness I needed to actually talk more about it in depth and deal with it more in depth with my therapist and myself. And then I've also been able to talk to Wally a lot more about it, which I think has been helpful for both of us. Um, but so yeah, that's, that's like the biggest thing is like, I'm noticing who I am today and my future self in the future, like me not dealing with it is just making things harder, um, and making different experiences in my life that I don't know if I'd want to have, if I could go back and change them. So, um, I want to point out a couple of negative factors and positive factors that I've been able to like figure out. Um, so I'll start with the negatives. Negative, my age. I had no idea what I was doing. Um, I don't think I did anything to put myself in that situation. I think a lot of victims will blame themselves. And I don't think there's much that I could have done like that. That's not on me. That's someone else. Um, but my age made it so it's harder for me to deal with the situation, understand what was going on. And it gave me like a bunch of embarrassment. Um, living in the town I lived in, that was embarrassing. People are going to know. People talk. What are they going to say about me? I already have all these labels because my parents did drugs and I would be bullied for that. And so it's just kind of like, what what was this label going to give me now? Um, the justice system down there, so messed up. It's a huge reason why I wanted to even go be a paralegal and why I now work in a law firm because I have watched the justice system down there and the cops and so many people just be so sick and twisted and people not actually get justice. And I wanted to be an advocate for people like me who've been through a situation and have no idea what they're doing. Um, and then the lack of support. That was, that's the biggest thing that comes up in therapy is I had no one to go through that with. No one was, no one gave me hugs and was like actually there for me. No one wanted to talk about the situation. People want to talk about how messed up he was, but for the most part, it was like, we just don't talk about it. 
And that was one of the hardest things I think to go through of like, you're 17, you just graduated high school, you're moving out. Um, you have friends and family, but your grandma kicked you out. You're all alone. People are angry at this guy, but no one's actually acknowledging the feelings and the scared thoughts and things going through my head and how much that damaged me. And they all had their own stuff to go through for sure. But being alone was one of the hardest things and will continue to be the hardest thing. So now when I'm going through stuff at any level, I'm like, I cannot be alone because I know how that impacts you. Um, So the biggest thing I would say is if you're going through anything big or small, don't isolate, find a way to support people yourself and then find your support system because the more you don't support people and the more you go through something alone, the more damage you're actually going to have. Um, So those are my negative ones, which I could probably go a giant list of them, but for the sake of like not being negative, because I don't like that. And also time, we're going to skip. So my other things I have are my positive factors. My positive factors um, and are what I truly revert back to anytime I'm feeling sad or worried or scared are that I know challenges equal growth. So I know I would never be the person I am today if I hadn't gone through that. Um, Another one is awareness. I would not have the awareness I have today to be there for other people, for myself, for my kids. Um, And just like understanding, like awareness and understanding is huge because sexual assault happens every single day around you. The odds of you getting through life without knowing someone close to you or going through it yourself are slim to none. So getting awareness and knowing how to talk to your kids, talk to your friends, talk to your family, making sure that we're all having conversations around it is actually like a pretty big deal. Um, I feel like I'm an advocate now. I feel like I'm so much more willing to stand up for somebody. I think one thing I've realized with some stuff I'm going through recently is I'm way more willing to stand up for someone else than to stand up for myself. Um, And I've always been that way, but this has always kind of highlighted that for me. Like I am an advocate. If you are being wrong to any level, I will be there for you. And I wish I could do that for myself, but that's part of me lacking my therapy and working on it so that it's harder for me to show up for myself. But advocate for sexual assault, advocate for anyone been through anything, anyone that's a victim, a survivor. I'm here for you. Love you. Wish I could do the same for myself. Um, I feel like I have a lot of strength now. I think that I have developed strength and that has gotten me through a lot of really hard situations. Um, I wouldn't be this strong. I don't think if I didn't have any of the challenges I've had, um, empathy did not want to be an empath. Uh, still hate that I am, but I have empathy and I know what it's like to be in somebody's shoes in that situation. And I will raise my voice and I will hug you and I'll care for you and I will cry for you because empathy. So, um, and then my last positive factor is that I think I have a deeper relationship with myself and a better understanding of myself. So again, super horrible thing that happened to me will not be the worst thing that happens to me. I still have other things that are another layer to my story, but I do know that I would not be who I am today if I didn't have all these layers. I think the biggest key and why I want to have this conversation is therapy. So um, I am currently dealing with a lot of stuff that I know for a fact 
I would not be dealing with if I had dealt with it. I know that I would be stronger. I wouldn't be in situations I've been in. I wouldn't be having the stress and chaos that I have in my life if I would have dealt with it. And so the biggest thing I wanted to help you guys understand and why Taylor and I constantly are saying like, I know therapy is scary is we all have layers and layers and layers of trauma. Um, some you've forgotten, some you don't even realize are trauma. And the more you ignore them and the more you aren't paying attention to them and giving them space, the more they're going to show up in your life. So actions you take, conversations you have, friendships you make, like you're attracting those types of things in your life because you're ignoring the situation. So as I've started to go down this journey, I've become extremely passionate about helping people know that it's scary and uncomfortable. And like, I'm the first to admit, I'm still not in ongoing therapy. Like I, my therapist went on maternity leave and I went back one time and I was so excited and I cannot bring myself to get back on the schedule and I need to. And I think that's why it's like, I will help you find a therapist. I will be there when you want to talk about it. I will be the person you text when you leave because I always text Taylor the second I leave and she does pretty much the same to me. And we're like, holy shit, my therapist this or holy shit today in therapy. And I want to be that for you if you don't have somebody in your circle that supports therapy. Um, If people aren't going to therapy, they're less likely to understand what you're learning. So I want to highlight that too. So you may want to talk to people about it. Lie. Um, you may want to talk to people about it in your circle and they might not actually be able to give you what you need. Ew. Freaking annoying. Uh, they might not be able to be there and give you what you need because they don't go to therapy. So people that don't understand, I'm going to be pissed. Um, they won't know how to have the conversation with you or understand what you're saying or support you or be excited about what you learned in therapy. They're going to just be like, oh, cool. That's cool. Um, and if they are open, great. Always give it a shot. Always try talking to them. If they aren't very responsive and you don't feel heard or excited or anything, find someone else that you can talk to that understands and is going to be excited because therapy is hard ass work. Um, so yeah, that's pretty much all I wanted to get out to you guys. Um, I'm sure I could go for so much longer. Um, but I just wanted you guys to know that big piece of my story. Um, and why I think why I'm probably so driven comes down to knowing that I was at a pretty low place. Like there were times when it had happened and I was still super young and I was drinking and partying, not like bad, but like, I still had deep seated trauma within me and I would get an anxiety attack and I would go get those anxiety pills that I never actually took because pills are traumatic to me because my family has a serious problem with pills. Um, I would go get them and I would take, I don't even know how many, probably not even that well, that much because like I I'm terrified of pills, but I would go take them and think I'm just going to kill myself. Like why, why am I dealing with this? And I never actually took enough for that to happen, but I would be having a giant panic attack. I'd be like, I don't want to be here. I cannot deal with the situation. Um, and I can't deal with the people around me. And it was a huge sign to me that the people around me were triggering me. The people around me were part of my story. The people around me weren't acknowledging me. They weren't hearing me. They didn't care for me. And so because I hadn't had the tools I needed in therapy, 
I would lash out in a panic attack or I would lash out in some dramatic situation like that and crying and Wally be like, what the fuck? And it's because I didn't deal with the situation. And I know that that's like a super extreme example, but we're doing it in different areas of our life all the time because we aren't working through the chaos. So like you're having more conflicts at work, you're having conflicts at home, you're having conflicts with your friendships, you're having conflicts with your family, um, you're on edge, you have panic attacks, you have anxiety. All of those things are coming from your body because of a traumatic situation or trauma in your past that you have not yet acknowledged. And so please don't ignore it. Please know that I'm here for you. Please have a glass of wine for me. Please talk to your children about these things. Um, That's one of the biggest things for me is like, I keep telling Wally, like, I want to make sure that he talks to Jaden, like what that means to protect a man or female who wants to be with a man or girl. I don't really care, but he needs to know what consent is. And consent doesn't always mean a verbal no. Consent means so, so many more things at this point. And like, educate yourselves, educate your children, educate your kids, make sure they know that they can come talk to you if they're going through something or if something has happened to them in any level, but especially when it becomes like pictures, sending pictures, being manipulated, being victimized, being sexually assaulted. Like all of those have to be a conversation that you have with them and awareness that you've given yourself and them. Um, because those aren't conversations that were happening in my life or my town. It was like a secret. If that happens in families, it's like, you don't talk about it. So yeah, I think that's probably it. I feel super, super weird that I just did this episode. I'm sure I'll have more once I end recording or we have future episodes. So you'll probably get hints and sprinkles of this conversation, but I at least wanted you guys to know the depths of what that story meant, um, why it's a little bit challenging for me to talk about, why Taylor kind of tiptoes around it sometimes and why I tiptoe around it. Um, super glad I recorded it though. And she can't ask me questions because I was just telling Wally, cause he was like, that's a big conversation. And I was like, I think it'll be easier because I can just say it. I'm going to just like have this weird little conversation with myself and I don't have to have anyone asking me questions or pushing me to take it further than I'm able to right now. So shout out to Taylor. Miss you. So pissed you left me on a holiday weekend. We miss Memorial Day and Labor Day. And yeah, so I'm sad that you're gone. I'm happy it gave me an opportunity to tell this story without the pressure, which you wouldn't pressure me. Let me start there. But you would definitely like have questions necessarily, I guess I would say. And I don't know if I'm prepared to answer questions. I think I just want to word vomit, get it out there, go have a glass of wine and finish my Labor Day, playing outside in the sun, ignoring responsibilities. So I hope you guys enjoyed this episode, maybe. I don't really know. Um, If you guys know somebody that needs support or you yourself need support, please know that I'm here. Um, If I post cryptic things or I overshare on the internet, don't come at me. It's therapeutic for me. And I am going to use my platform however I want. And if you guys don't like it or you have friends that don't like it, tell them I don't really give a shit. So I'll catch you guys on a better episode next week with Taylor. Hope you had a good weekend. Thanks for looking at me like this and see you later. Also, I don't know why I just waved. That's so stupid. I'm just going to drink my wine.